that for 2024, we all keep taking one step. My addition, my focus this year um, as, as pastor is now that we're all getting taking one steps, my next question is, if you're not, would you start? And if you are, would you keep doing it? Are you helping somebody else take their first step? Are you helping somebody else move closer to God? That when you go to bed tonight, you've taken one step. But is there somebody in your life that you're connected to that has also taken a step? Because we're, we're growing. And as we move forward, my biggest fear as a pastor is, is that somebody gets missed. That somebody tries to connect and can't connect to somebody or can't connect to the church. And it really hurts my heart to, to hear maybe down the road somewhere, hey, I came to your church and I tried to get connected, but I just didn't really meet anybody or I didn't get connected to people. That just hurts me because I can't physically touch everybody. But we in numbers can touch a whole lot of people. So I'm asking you this year, are you helping somebody else take a step? And that could just be by a simple text message. It could just be by a... Uh, a friendly hello. There's, there's some commercials that are running now, and it says, smile first. You might help somebody. You never know what a smile and a friendly face instead of just a snarl and something else may do in the morning to, to welcome somebody. But this year, as we, this month as we talk, we're going to talk about this, this idea of, of pray first. Because we need to understand something about being first. God can only sit in what seat in your life. The first seat. In, in band and in high school and middle school band, they have what they call chairs. And say you take the trumpet section and you play and they, they, they rank them by how good they are and then the person who's the best in the band sits in the what? The first chair. See, our problem in life is we put a lot of other junk in the first chair. A lot of other stuff and we don't even realize it. It's really amazing as you start talking to people and you talk about this, and you begin to see what all their time, effort, and attention is put into, they begin to realize that if you're lucky, God's sitting in the fifth chair, much less the first, first chair. But the truth is, God cannot sit in any other chair. If you imagine in your mind you walk in and there's a row of ten chairs that represent the things that are important in your life, and if you walk in and God is standing up, you got a problem. Because the Bible says he can only be in one place. It says, put no other thing before me. And we do that a lot, and probably on a regular basis, including me. But we're going to be talking this month about praying. And I want you, we're going to talk about learning to pray. That God, God really does have a voice. God really does listen. And he really does respond that before we make the big purchase, maybe we pray first. Before you go to the doctor, pray first. Before your kid gets home that you know has been in trouble and done something they're not supposed to, before they walk through the door and you just let them have it, maybe you should pray first. See if this fits anybody. Before you hit send... Maybe you should stop and ask, Daddy, should I send this? Anybody ever else done that? Typed out an email? 
Melanie one day said, what, is, what are you doing in there? And I was angry and typing an email, and she could hear me typing. I didn't send the email. Because she asked me, are you sure you should send that email? No. Maybe we pray first. But I want to ask you this question before we get into it. Why is praying so hard for people? Not why is it so hard to pray for people. We can all do that. Oh, Lord, just help them with their, you know, we, or we even, oh, yeah, sure, I'll be praying for you. And we don't. But it's easy to say. But why is prayer? Because right now, I know a lot of you, and there are a lot of you who are good talkers. Some of you could talk to a stop sign and probably get an answer. You could sell air conditioners to Eskimos. You're one of the people that when you get up in the morning, like somebody hits play and you just play all day long, right? Anybody know people like that? They just never quiet. Some of us don't. Some of the people are quiet. But the bottom line is, if I asked you today, and I'm not going to do this, but if I started going, okay, you pray. Okay, now you pray. Okay, now you pray. We could all be these people who are talkers, who could, again, talk to anybody about anything. But the moment you say pray, they just suddenly don't have words to say. If you ever want to hush somebody... And we were giving Mark Siebert sitting down here, we were giving him a hard time because he can talk. He's a good talker. If you ever want somebody to talk and listen, go find Mark. He met a guy on an airplane coming back from Honduras and we laughed and he sat down to, next to a guy and we realized that they were two exact people. And we listened for three hours to Mark and another guy talk for three solid hours. But you take people like Mark and not him in particular but, and say, okay, now pray. And we just go... We run out of words. There's nothing to say. We don't, we don't know what to do. That's what we're going to get over. Because I don't want people to come and tell me, hey, I didn't come to prayer so I don't know what I'm doing. Or when I'm home, I don't know how to pray. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about prayer as we begin, begin the year. You know, but why is it so uncomfortable? And I think part of it is the world. I was listening, I said this a few years back, I was listening to a, a clip of a talk show. And I'm not even going to do the person justice by telling you who it was, if you know, great. But there was a talk show host, and this is a female, and she said, well, I hear about these Christians talking and praying, praying to God, or praying to Jesus. She goes, I get prayer, I get we can talk, we can talk to Jesus, that's, that's okay. But if you tell me Jesus is talking back to you, I think we call that a mental condition. And I like froze, and I... How many of us think that? That God, our creator, who wants to have a relationship with us, wants to talk to us, we don't want to have him talk because it makes us crazy if we hear it. It makes us crazy if God, if God speaks to you. And that come, can come, and you'll see later as we talk, it can come in, in a couple different ways, but that you know that God does have a voice and God does want to speak to you, really speak to you. And not just for me as a pastor, People, I've asked people before, well, when do you hear God? Said, well, we hear God when we sit and listen to a message or I watch a message on my phone or you know, on, online. I hear God. Now, you can, and I hope you do. I'm wasting my time if you don't hear something from God every Sunday. But you, I don't have a bat phone to heaven. Some of y'all are too young to remember that. Remember the old red bat phone in the bat cave? There is, there's no such thing with God. God's looking, the Bible says, his eye is on the sparrow, the person. 
God can look at all of us at the same time. And we can all respond and God can respond to all of us at the same time. But that we understand as we walk through this that pray first becomes our first response, not our last hope. It should be, what that means is routine. This is my routine in the morning. And I've really tried to focus back on doing it now because I'm not a morning person. Jesus does not get up until about 6.30. So all you people who are up before that, you got to wait on him. I'm just convinced of that. I'm not a morning person. Don't try to make me a morning person. I go to bed late and I don't get up early other than Sunday morning. And that's just the way it's going to be. So don't try to change me. I don't mess with y'all. Don't mess with me. But it, my routine is when my feet hit the floor, I at least do this. Good morning, Daddy. And then it may be, I'll, I'll get back to you in a minute. I got to go get some coffee. I got to take care of morning business, whatever it may be. But I at least acknowledge, okay, God, you're there and I'm listening if you want to talk. And if we would start prayer that way, you can begin, the Bible says that you should know his voice. In John chapter 10, verse 3, he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the sheep and the sheep recognize his voice. And then they do what? They respond. They come. It says he calls his sheep out by name and he leads them out. So he's, he's guiding us. He's directing us. And it says here by his voice. Look what the rest of that verse says. It says they follow him and say this with me because they know his voice. We do this every day and we don't even realize it. There's some of you that if you call me on the phone, I don't have to look at the caller ID. I can hear the voice. I've known you for a long time. I know who it is. And there's sometimes when you call, and I don't know who you are because I'm not familiar with your voice. I don't know it. We overcomplicate this thing with God and it works the same way. You don't know it because you haven't been listening to it. You haven't become familiar with it. Look what the verse goes on to say. It actually tells us, it gives us the results of a pray first life, but also gives us the results of a last resort life. It says they won't follow a stranger because they'll run from him because they don't know his voice. Well, what would be the inverse of that? If you don't know God's voice, you're going to follow whose voice? Anybody's. Anybody. There are a lot of people in this world, and, I, and I, this, again, hurts me. It hurts my heart and it makes me a little angry that there are a lot of pastors and a lot of people in quote ministry that are very selfish, they don't have, their intentions may be good, but they're terrible and they can sound like a good voice and they lead people astray because it becomes more about what they say and not what he says. I hope that what I say is something God himself would say. If it's not, you need to hold me accountable. You need to say, well, that's not what my Bible says because you need to know his voice and get, and I I really mean this. You need to know his voice better than mine. For those of you who are married, you need to know his voice even better than your spouse's. And I told Melanie the other day, we're in our, this, in July, we'll be married 25 years. And I said, that's hard to really wrap my brain around, that I would know somebody else's voice more than yours. That outside of my parents and my brothers, I've known Melanie now longer than than anybody, but that I would know his voice, the sheep know his voice, that God, here's the problem, God does not have a speaking problem, we have a hearing problem, y'all getting that, God's talking, 
The problem is we're not listening. I even believe this, because there's scripture to back this up, it's not my message, this is extra. I believe to the people out there, to people who deny God, the people who in the world who are other religions, I believe God, our Father, the one true and only God, the only God who sent his son to die for us, who was raised from the dead, sits at the right hand, the only one, the king of kings, that is even, he's even trying to talk to the people who don't even know he's there. He's knocking on hearts. The Bible says he knocks on hearts. He demonstrates, one, one verse in the Old Testament says that he shows himself in nature that you can look at the world around you and you cannot deny that God, doesn't, that, that God exists because of just what's out there. So he's trying to talk to us. He's trying to, to bring us into a relationship. There's a, there's a parable in Luke, and this is what we're going to look at for just the next about 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so. In Luke chapter 8, and Jesus would tell, tell the disciples parables. He would tell them stories because he knew they understood the story and they could see how, how it fit in life and then they could apply it to theirs. Some of them were a bit of a riddle. Some of them he explained well. And some of them he you know, didn't really explain that well. It was left to us to try to figure out. But in Luke chapter 8, he's very clear. And I'm going to skip down to Luke 8.8. 8. And it says this, that anyone with ears to hear should listen. I'm a guy, lots of guys in the room, lots of guys watching online. Listen, ladies, help me out, and understand. I can, there's a lot of time, <laughs> this is not on my notes, but I have to tell you this. If you, if you do social media at all, which I do because it's part of my job, there's a social media going around, it's called a baby in the snow. Have y'all seen it? It's a little baby that's sitting in the snow and the mother recorded it and, and it's a little, I mean, less than a year old. And the baby's just going, dab, 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 and just babbling. And it really is like it's trying to tell you something. And I'm amazed that people are taking this, just look it up, just go on, online, I think it's called Baby in Snow. And there's thousands, people are taking this little clip of this baby jibber-jabber and they have set it to music. They have written songs. And when you watch it with nothing, it just is jab, 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 jab. But when somebody suddenly puts music to it and then tells you what their interpretation of the baby's saying, suddenly the baby's saying something. And your brain doesn't hear the Bible, your brain hears words. See, there's, there's a lot of us that we can listen, a lot of guys. Ladies, y'all feel free to jump in anytime, help me out here. We can hear you, and I see your mouth moving, but what you just said is, right? Ladies, it's the same thing as when your husband comes home and says, hey, I just got this new part for my car, and he begins to tell you about it, and what do you hear? For you old folks, it's the, it's the, uh, oh, the Snoopy and Linus, what are the, um, Peanuts, the teacher and the peanuts, wah, 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 wah. those, there's a listen and an understand, and God says, listen, you got ears, you can hear me, but the world tells us you can't understand God, it's too complicated, hogwash, he says right here, if you can hear me, you can understand, now you don't have to get it all at once, nobody's hands a freshman when they walk into college and advanced physics something book and says, you should already know this. 
They hand you a book and says, we're going to learn this. It's the class. I'm going to teach you. And God says, listen, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you these stories, but you need to listen to me. And he begins to tell the disciples this story. And this is the story in Luke chapter 8, verse 5. He says, a farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered it across his field, he's talking about somebody telling people about Jesus. They're, they're spreading it over a bunch of different people, and he begins to tell us about these people. As he scattered it across the seed, some fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. In verse 6, others fell among the rocks where it began to grow, but it really wilted and died because it wasn't getting enough water. Other seed fell among the thorns that it grew up with, other stuff, and the other stuff began to choke it out. And in verse 8, this is the rest of what we just read. Still the other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and what? Produced. What is produced? I mean, something came out of it, a product of change. You take a bunch of ingredients that are separate ingredients and you mix them all together. You put it in a bowl, stick it in the oven, now you've got a cake. But separately, most of us aren't eating those individual. And the Bible's telling us that something is being produced. So this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. In other words, it multiplies within itself. If one comes, it begins to grow. And instead of one, you get a hundred. And when you get a hundred, you get a thousand, a thousand, and it begins to grow. And it's talking about God talking to us in his word. And people will say, but Clint, I know God's got a voice and it's his word. Yes, God speaks through his word, but God doesn't have a real voice. Oh no, I beg to differ. Because he says very clearly in the verse we read, if, if you got ears to hear, you should listen and understand. Not if you got eyes to see, you should listen and understand. It's an audible voice. It's, it's something that you... You can hear that I remember my, my grandfather, <coughs> excuse me, my grandfather had uh, the old school um, hearing aids. Y'all remember those? Had the little tube that went in their ear and then the big old honking, I mean, his were huge. Back in the you know, 90s, these things were massive. And he was a former, con he was a contractor, so he lost his hearing early because he was loud, loud stuff all the time. And we used to laugh at him because we'd be sitting at the dinner table and you just we, and you would just hear and all of us, what is that? And finally one day we realized it was my grandfather's hearing aids. And those back then, all they did is just, they amplified everything. It picked up the whole room and amplified it. Today's hearing aids with technology can actually pick out a voice, amplify the voice and deaden the background. But with granddaddy, my grandfather, he wouldn't. And so he would crank them up so he could hear, but when he would hear, they would feed back and squeal. And so it would drive us nuts. But he didn't, the thing is, he didn't hear the noise. So at a table, we'd be sitting, talking, and, and it'd start. And it got to where my grandmother would just go, whack, and hit the hearing aid and either knock one out. And then finally, he got tired of getting whacked. So what did he do? He just turned them down, a little volume. And then we noticed we didn't hear it. But then when you talk to granddaddy, he's just eating and nodding. <laughs> and my grandmother was screaming at him. He just, 
And we finally figured out he would turn them down because he didn't want to hear the noise. You see, God says, I gave you ears to listen. We can hear God. But the reason why a lot of us don't hear God is because all we hear is the background noise. All we hear is, is the noise of the world. The other things that consume us when we wake up in the morning. And so a lot of us think, I can't hear God, so we don't hear God. And a lot of us think, well, I can't filter God out, so we just turn God off. And I'm telling you, as you start your 2024, turning God off is very, very, very dangerous. When you turn off God, even if you, there's a difference between never having heard God and recognizing it and then turning him off. Turning him off once you've heard him is very dangerous and life will do that to us. So if you have a hearing problem, noise is squeezed out God's voice. Well, how do we clear the air? How do we live a pray first life? How do you, if you've never, and it's okay if you haven't, if you say, Clint, I've never actually heard God. I've read his word. I maybe have felt like I just need to follow the word, but I've never heard God. How do we clear that air? Tell you two things, or one thing first, and I'll give you what I got. The first thing is, I can't tell you what he sounds like. I can tell you what he sounds like to me. And I can tell you that once or twice in life, I would probably be pretty sure that I've heard an audible voice. Can I explain it? No. There was a time when I was, when I was 16, I was in high school, I was riding with my dad. You probably heard me tell the story if you've been around. We were riding up to a, two times, riding up to a red light, the light was green, and as I went to go through the light, I heard an audible voice, stop. And at the same time, my dad, who was in the passenger seat, slapped me and said stop and simultaneously I hit the brake when we were done I said well why did you hit me he said because I heard God say stop I said well did you say stop he said no I never said it I just responded that's the way my dad's trained me I've been blessed him to train me to listen I, I hear God you need to hear God well he said if you didn't say stop and I didn't say stop who said stop because this is getting a little weird and he said, son, all I can tell you is that God said stop. So I stopped because I was listening to my father, what I thought was my father's voice, but my father didn't say it. So I'm going to tell you this morning, God can sound, he's going to sound like an authority in your voice that you can trust. He's going to sound like somebody that you're familiar with, as I was my dad's. But where do you start? Real quick, I'm going to give you four things. I think the place to start a safe place for all of us to start as we start 2024 is to look at our heart. And the Bible says you should examine your heart. In other words, what's in here that, that should be here? This is the spring cleaning, the closet clean out, the get rid of the junk. Some of you people who, like I laugh at Melanie. I have a rule in my house. If it sits for two years and collects dust, we don't need it. Melanie, it drives her nuts because she's planting things down the road. And we had an old golf bag that sat in my house that before we moved. It sat there for almost 10 years. And when we moved, I finally made her throw it away because we didn't need it. And there's some of us that we need to look inside and go, God, what do I need? What do I don't need? So we're going to go back through those verses I read, and I'm going to give you a few things. This is Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Now Jesus has told the parable, and now he's explaining it. And this is Jesus talking. He says, the seeds on the road are those who hear the word of God, but no sooner than they hear it, the devil snatches it from them 
so they won't believe and they won't be saved. In other words, they say, I can't understand, so I don't have to worry about it, and nothing changes in their life. To be saved, there's no real change. There's no eternal change. I call that the chaotic heart. It's your life, and maybe this fits some of you, that your life is just chaos. It may be because you're in a bad time. It may be because you, that's just the way your nature of your life. There's a thousand people all screaming at you. As somebody who has to really guard themselves, I can tell you from firsthand experience. Anybody know what it sounds like to have a thousand people all asking you a question at the same time? Anybody got multiple kids? And they all want to know the, an answer to a different question all at the same time. Whether they're little or teenagers, they And you can't decipher out. And there's too much going on. It's constant noise. It's not hard for the devil to pollute the ground and take it because we pollute it. And there's two ways that happens. First, you don't need to blame it on the devil. The first thing we do is we do it ourselves. And I'm, again, this is, I'm, I'm bad about this. We listen and watch too much. It's social media flipping, it's TV, it's, and it's just all coming at you. And there's so much noise, you can't hear God. It's so much chaos, you can't even feel his peace. The devil will also use people that come into your life and suddenly your life goes crazy. That it's about getting you angry. Now let me ask you this. Anybody ever been so angry you can't even think a form of sentence? Oh, come on. I'm the only one? Come on now, be honest with me. Like, something's got you so PO'd that... You can't even think straight. Some of y'all are lying. <laughs> See, it happened. That's the chaos of our hearts, the chaos of anger. You've probably heard me tell this story, but years ago, Emma was just a toddler. Mabel was just barely, maybe four or five months old at most. She was still in a carrier, so she had to be younger than that. And I went into a restaurant ahead of my wife. She was going to meet me there, and I was going to get her to come. I was getting the table, and she was going to bring in the kids. Well, she didn't come. She didn't come. And then she comes in the door of the restaurant, and she was drenched wet. It was pouring outside. I mean, she was soaked. Emma was soaked. Mabel and the carrier were soaked. And if y'all, most of y'all know my wife. She doesn't get angry. But when I saw her come through that door, I thought, oh, help us, Jesus. And I started thinking, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? What? You know, I'm going through my head like, and she came out and I said, what happened? She tells me the story. Of she, went, she went parked and went to come in. And she parked closest to the door of the restaurant we were going into. But then somebody in the building beside ran out and started screaming at her. That's parking space for my business. Blah, blah, blah. And she's standing in the rain. Well, if you know my wife, she's a rule follower. And it's, if she says no parking, then it's no parking no matter what. So she gets all the kids, gets them back in the car, moves the car way down, away from the restaurant, and then walks back in in the rain. And when she told me what happened, I was out the door headed to the other business. Like, what kind of human being are you? A woman with a baby and a child standing in the middle of a parking lot getting soaking wet, and you're worried about your parking space to a business that was not even open. Yeah. It was about to get ugly. And it was my wife who stopped. I was upset. I couldn't hear anything. All I heard was, woo, woo, woo. Like, for those of you who got my buddies in here who all do law enforcement and first, first responder, 
I was headed code three. If you don't know what that means, that means light sirens get here now because it's about to go down. I couldn't, chaos. And my wife was the voice of peace that brought me back down. Now, I still went over and talked to him in a very nice conversation. But uh, there was no punches thrown or weapons drawn, which I was angry. See, James says this in James chapter 1. It says, so get rid of all the filth and all the evil. In other words, take all this stuff, this, the chaos in your heart, and get rid of it. And just accept the word that God's planted in your hearts because he's given you something that should, that should produce change. And when we begin to pray, we allow God to talk to us and begin to plant the word and explain the word. And, and maybe just sometimes he just loves on you. Hey, I love you. Hey, I died for you. Hey, I know life is rough right now, but there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe God's just encouraging you. And this word repent is not a bad word. It just simply means that you say, God, forgive me. And he takes my condemnation and hands me back hope in life. It's that easy. So for some of you, you're just going to have to allow God and make a conscious decision to stop the chaos. If there are people you can cut off for a while, maybe you need to trim them out. Maybe you need to move them aside for a minute and let God begin to bring healing into your life. Look at the next one. It says in Luke chapter 8, the seeds in the gravel are those who hear with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. In other words, we would say it's a fad. Woo, I love Jesus. And then tomorrow it's like, who's Jesus? Look what it says. It goes on to say that it's just another fad. And the moment there's trouble, she gone. It's gone. And we just revert back to whatever we have done ourselves. It's the preoccupation that, sorry, I just reset this here. It's the preoccupied heart. And I ask you the question is what's competing with God's voice? Quickly, it could be something good. It could be something that, that you're a hobby. It could be something bad. Something's pulling you away from God. That you need to understand that the devil will throw all of hell at you to get you preoccupied with something else. God tells us about it in the Bible. There's a, there's a story in the Bible about Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10. It says this, that Mary sat before the master hanging on every word. But Martha was more worried about the fact that Jesus was going to stay for dinner and she had to fix dinner. See, some, Martha had the volume turned up on something wrong. Mary had the volume turned up listening to God talk. So for us, hearing God might mean you have to turn something else down. To stop the chaos, you're going to have to cut somebody off. To stop the preoccupation, the stuff that's just grabbing your attention, you may have to let go of something. And I can't tell you necessarily what that is. I can give you my advice, but the Bible says, and I believe that God talks to you just like he does to me. And if you don't know what you need to turn down, then you need to ask him. And begin to listen. And begin to turn some stuff down and make some space in your brain and in your life for God to listen. Martha was distracted just trying to serve, trying to do something good, and it just wasn't working. Look in Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Here's the next one. And the seed that fell in the weeds, well, those are the ones who hear, but then it gets crowded out. This is Melanie and I's garden every year. Maybe some of you smart people can come to my house and tell me what grows. We cultivate it down. We, you know, ahead of time spray everything. 
plant everything and it's beautiful and we come back, no matter how fast we pull weeds, by the halfway in, it's like, where's the garden? I just see weeds. And I've sprayed and done everything I know to do. And it aggravates me to no end to work that hard and get very little out of it. But there's a lot of us that do that. And it goes on to say that nothing comes of it because they spend their lives worrying about tomorrow, trying to figure it out by themselves. See, now he's talking about the neglected heart. See, the weeds speak to neglect. There's something I'm neglecting and making my garden work, and I cannot figure out what it is. There's something in a lot of us that we're neglecting, and we can't figure out how do I make this God thing work. And a lot of it is because we just refuse to grow. The reason can be irrelevant, but the Bible tells us that we're supposed to mature and grow. That if you are in your 40s, some, there's people this way. If you're in your 40s and you spend more time over at one of the clubs in Georgia Southern, at all, really, anytime at all, you might need to grow up. We laugh. There's a lot of us who have been in church and been with God for a long time, and we're still learning our ABCs. Maybe it's time that you learn a little, and you can't tell me what can't. It's complicated. No, it's not. He's very simple. He teaches, he teaches right where you are. He meets you right where you are. The Bible says, here's the truth, but we got to be willing to hear what you need, not just what you want. you got to be willing to listen and say, I want, I want, I want, but what if what you want is not what you need? Maybe two different things. I'm going to hurry because I'm going long. First Corinthians says this, hey, I tried to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you're just not ready for it, and you're still not ready. You won't grow up. I still got to give you milk. You give, give a little baby a nice steak, they're going to choke on it. They're not ready for it. And God says, that's a lot of you. And then there's this one and the fourth one. Luke chapter 8, verse 15, it says, but the seed and the good earth, that these are the good hearts. In other words, people said, God, I don't understand, but I, I, I want to receive. Who sees the word, hold on to it no matter what. And when do they do it? They never quit. And when do they see the results? When there's a harvest. You keep holding on until you see change. And prayer is that way. You keep praying until you see change. A heart that is prepared. It's not just knowing that God speaks, but it's expecting him to speak. So my challenge to you in the morning, and I'll close with a verse, is that you get up in the morning and you say, good morning, Daddy. And then have an expectation. He may, he may put something on my heart. He may talk to me today. You're, you're, we'll get into it, but your test is this. It's what he's telling you to do, what you're feeling. Does it line up with the Bible? If it doesn't, punt. And punt until you learn some confidence that this is what God said and it lines up in the Bible. Ushers, you can do your thing. I want to tell you this, this scripture. This is a story in the Old Testament about the prophet Eli. Eli had a guy, work, a little boy working for him named Samuel. He was a servant of the, of the, uh, of the church. Samuel's laying in bed, and he hears a voice say, hey, come. And he gets up and runs to Eli. He says, did you call me? No, I didn't. Go lay down. This happens three times, and this is where we pick up the story. So this is the third time. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord. In other words, he had never heard him. And in verse 8, so the Lord now called Samuel the third time. 
And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? Eli says, no. Then Eli realized that it was God talking to him. And so he told Samuel, go lay down again. And if someone calls, just simply say this in verse 9. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. So Samuel went back to bed in verse 10. And the Lord again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel simply said this, speak, I'm listening. That's my challenge to you when we leave here in the morning when you get up. Take 30 seconds and go, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Dad. I'm here. I'm listening. You don't have to come up with anything else. You don't have to suddenly break into King James English and you don't have to do the whither so thou ever's and all that. Just morning, Dad. The Bible says he's my father. And I don't, the way I talk to you, the way I speak normally is how I talk to my father. I don't walk into my dad or he walks into here or walks into my house and I don't break into this, oh, father, I'm glad you cometh to Sylvania. You know, or I'm glad, you know, I start adding all these. We're Georgia rednecks, so just be who you are. If you sound Southern, be Southern. For those of you who are transplants, what you got, be it. And in the morning, say, Daddy, I'm here. And that's how we're going to start learning to pray. Daddy, I'm here and I'm listening. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me? We never close without first offering people a chance to say they got to they gotta know Jesus for themselves. And if that's you this morning here in the room or online, it's simply, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus came and died for you and is now alive sitting with God. And the Bible says salvation is yours. And then in that you say, God, I'm sorry, I repent. And now he takes condemnation away and replaces it with hope and life. And then we start learning and listening. We start listening and understanding. And that's what we're going to do this morning. God, I thank you for all those in here and the sound of my voice. Thank God for those who hear your voice, they'll hear it clear. For those who are learning it, God, they'll become familiar with it. And for those who have never heard it, God, when they say, Lord Jesus, I'm here. I'm listening. They'll hear your voice. And God, we thank you for it now. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, I want to remind you, over to my right, your left, don't leave here and start 2024 feeling like you're alone. Somebody wants to, There's somebody here that wants to pray with you. If that's you, during this last song, you're free to welcome and go on over there and let them pray with you. They're over to my right, your left, and just and let them pray and find out, okay, God, God can use people to talk to. And he can use people to bring comfort and love and build you in your faith. Amen. I wanted to end this service. We're going to sing this. It's three minutes. You'll sing. But it's, it's, the old, it's the old traditional song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Go to the next verse, if you would, please. Put on the, put, throw it up there for me. The next line. Yeah, there it is. The Lord God Almighty. Look at the next one. I don't know who wrote this, but it wasn't me. Early in the morning. This can say, God, late at night, I'm talking to you and we're listening. We're going to sing 
We're going to worship and we're going to hear God this year. Amen.